Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Starting this uh, three or four week series on discipleship, because that is so crucial in, in our lives. And this thing called discipleship, to be a disciple of Christ, to be a follower of Christ, you know, it just seems like an impossible task, doesn't it? It just, it just seems impossible. And uh, I mean, really, the Christian life itself is miraculous. And, and in truth, it's a supernatural life. When you really think about it, when you think about the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, we are called to live a supernatural life. And when I use that word supernatural, it's nothing like these TV shows and movies that you see. It's nothing like that at all. It's something far better. I mean, the, the Christian life, it, it is both miraculous and it is supernatural. And being a Christian, it's not about what you do for God. It's what he does for you and what he does through you. That's what it's about. And apart, well, let's, let's, let's just get down to brass tacks. Apart from faith, you cannot be a Christian. It's impossible. And if you are a believer, apart from a moment-by-moment -moment faith and a dependence on him as a believer, you're really not able to live the Christian life. So it's a faith step to begin the Christian life, and then it's a moment-by-moment -moment step of faith to live out the Christian life. And that's what this, this thing called discipleship, really, that's what it's all about. So when, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, Christ, that's Christ living in you, he lives his supernatural life in and through you. But in reality, the average Christian, we don't understand and rarely do we draw upon that power. And as a result, well, a lot of Christians live in spiritual poverty as a result. And that's incredibly sad. Uh, there's a... Uh, a West Texas famous oil field known as the Yates Pool, Y-A-T-E-S, the Yates Pool. Back during the Depression era, this couple, a uh, sheep ranch couple named Ira and Ann Yates, they, they had this field and they raised their livestock, but they barely made money to get by. They could barely make the mortgage payment. They barely had enough food to eat. They had to rely on government subsidies. And uh, they, they just lived in poverty. And one day, they had a team to come in that wanted to do a, a wildcat drill. Just, they said, we've got suspicion that there may be some oil under in your, on your property. And they didn't have to go down very far until they tapped in what would become one of the largest oil fields ever. I mean, it got to the point that they were producing something like 120,000 barrels of oil a day. 
And I, look, I looked it up last night, and to date, uh, I think the, it got to a point where they'd gotten over a billion barrels out of, that, out of that field. Now, here you have a couple who barely could put clothes on their backs and food on their table, and then overnight, they were worth millions. But, but here's the question. When did they really become the multimillionaires? the day they bought the property. They just didn't know it. They owned it, but they didn't possess it. And then once they started possessing it, they were able to tap into that wealth. Wow, that is so descriptive of a lot of believers. The moment you prayed to receive Christ, God put his Holy Spirit inside of you. And, and think about what that is. He is the power source that created everything that there is. Everything. He is the same power source that raised Jesus from the dead. That power source is inside of you. But so many Christians live in spiritual poverty because they're unaware or they don't know how. Or maybe they're even afraid to, to tap in to that supernatural power. Well, hopefully, as we learn to be a disciple, we learn how to do that. And, and we, we learn how to not only own it, but possess it. Now, I'm not talking about the, the Holy Spirit, it's your little genie in the bottle that you pull out and rub the lamp and, and you tell him to do what you want him to do. I'm not talking about that because really the reality is he possesses you. And he has called you to live a life. Well, you know, the Bible says live a holy life like God is holy. Well, I don't know about you, but that's impossible for me. I can't do that. So that's why I have to tap into this supernatural power because through his power, I can live such a life. Under my power, it's like the Yates. I'm barely putting food on the table. If I live the Christian life under my power, I'm not accomplishing anything that's of any value whatsoever. And I think that's why so many Christians get so frustrated because they... They know about the promises and they know what they're supposed to do and, and they just run into one brick wall after another. It's because we're running on our, our power and it always runs out. It's never enough. In fact, it's deceptive. So learning how to tap into this supernatural power, it, it changes everything. Let's look Let's look at a couple of uh, scripture verses. Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, Jesus was still here when he made these statements and Acts quotes those statements. So he said, it's important that I leave because until I leave, the Holy Spirit cannot come so that was a second event that the Holy Spirit was coming. But for us, he's, he's already gone. Jesus already left. So the Holy Spirit has already come. So the moment you pray to receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. 
He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Irmo, in Chapin, Ballantyne, in South Carolina, in the United States, everywhere throughout this world. So Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you my spirit. The same power that's going to raise me from the dead, the same power that created everything and it's for a purpose. That power is going to flow through you to impact other people's lives. And, and then in Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and, and so here, here goes back up what I was just saying. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit that he promised long ago. So the moment you pray to receive Christ, God sent his Holy Spirit to identify you as his. And that, so that means when Satan comes sniffing around your life trying to find a way to mess you up, he finds out that, wait a minute, this one belongs to Jesus. And the Bible's really clear about this. The power that's in you is stronger than the power that's in the world. That's why you don't have to live in fear of, of the enemy. You don't live in fear of him. God's already given you victory over him. God has sealed you. He says the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he's promised. So not only did he give you the Holy Spirit to have power to live by, and he, he's used it as a guarantee that when your life ends here, you are going to be with him in his kingdom. So when death comes, death cannot touch you in the way it touches someone who doesn't know Jesus. The only way you can lose your salvation when I read this is if someone comes along that's stronger and bigger and more powerful than the Holy Spirit. And praise God, that person does not exist. So I have a guarantee that I will have an inheritance that he promised. And it says and that he has purchased us. I mean, he purchased us with the with the blood of his son. I mean, that's the kind of payment Jesus gave for you. He did this. Now, this is the kicker. This is where you come back and say, okay, this is what it's all about. This is why I, I, when I prayed to receive Christ and I received the Holy Spirit, this is why. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So he is not saying, I've given you the Holy Spirit so that you can do whatever you want and have whatever you want. No, he said, there's a reason behind this, and that's to bring honor and glory to me. Uh, Jesus said that all the time. He said, Father, I've done everything you've told me to, to bring honor and glory to you. Everything I've done was to bring honor and glory to you. This is the heartbeat of learning to be a disciple. When you make up your mind that your life 
is about bringing glory and honor to God, period. To do what he wants you to do. To fulfill his purposes and his plans. All the stuff that you're living for, and I mean, you can have stuff and still be in poverty spiritually. You can have the wealth that this world offers and be dirt poor spiritually. Sadly, that's where a lot of believers live. And until I make up my mind, hey, this life, it's not mine. I, I've been purchased. I've been purchased by God through Jesus. I belong to him. So he gets this, I mean, he made me to begin with. So he gets to decide the purpose of my life. And he's told me what that is, is to bring honor and glory to him. I want to tell you, it is a very appropriate prayer every morning when you get up and say, God, may today my life bring honor and glory to you. That ought to be something that weighs on you, focuses you every moment. And the things that do not bring honor and glory to him, that's a good indication it's something you need to take off the table. Because every time I do things that do not bring honor and glory, and you know, last week I made the statement, even in your hobbies, you can bring honor and glory to God. And uh, my, my buddy over here, Bill Jones, he loves to hunt. And, but you know what? He uses it for for the glory and honor of God because he takes men and he takes them out hunting and man, they're talking about Jesus and he's building relationships with them, with them to influence them with the, with the gospel of Jesus and it changes people's lives. So take your hobbies and use them for God's glory and give them to him and he will let you have your hobbies as you use it for his glory to change people's lives for him. So who is the Holy Spirit? Just a couple of basic things, just as a reminder. Well, he is God. He's not an it. He's not Casper the ghost. He's, he's not a cloud. He's not a concept. He, he is a person. And uh, he has all the attributes of the deity because he is the deity. And here, here's the sombering thing. To deny the Holy Spirit continually with your life will cost you your eternal soul. That's big. I mean, the Bible calls it the unpardonable sin. You see, the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells me that I cannot come to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit draws me. So the Holy Spirit's always drawing people to Jesus. And if I deny that my entire life, if I deny the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells me that's the one sin God will not forgive. It will cost you your eternal soul. And I firmly believe with all my heart, every single person that has ever lived has had the Holy Spirit tugging at their heart towards Jesus. In fact, the Bible puts it this way in Romans. It says, even when you walk in nature and look at creation, you're without excuse. It's like the Holy Spirit is saying, who do you think put these stars up here? Who do you think created this beautiful planet you live on? 
You really think this is an accident? You really think this came from a massive explosion which creates chaos, not order? This is, this is my creation. Now, as a believer, as a believer, to not, you obviously hadn't denied the Holy Spirit and you have the Holy Spirit, but not to, to not take time to try to understand the Holy Spirit and, and to possess what you own or allow what owns you to possess you, meaning the Holy Spirit, then you're going to live a life that is in spiritual poverty. You're saved, but in spiritual bankruptcy. And that's not what the life, that's not the life that God's called us to. So wh why did, why did the, why did God send the Holy Spirit? Well, a lot of reasons. One was to lead us into all truth. Jesus said in John 14, I'm, these verses aren't going to pop up on the screen. Uh, John 14 verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the father, Jesus is talking, and he will give you another advocate. God answered every one of Jesus' prayers who will never leave you to guarantee. Jesus has given you a guarantee right there. So anytime you say, I think the Holy Spirit's left me, you're really calling Jesus a liar. So the Holy Spirit never leaves you. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. And it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And later has already come, so he is in you. So if he leads you into all truth, then it's appropriate to pray and talk to him. And just, hey, I'm getting ready to make a big business decision. And see, I'm, not, I'm talking about, obviously, in moral issues, it's real clear what the Holy Spirit's going to tell us. You know, whether something's right or wrong, and you already know it. But there are a lot of non-moral issues that we deal with, you know, about a job change or a career or a move or buying this or selling that, whatever. There are a lot of these things. And it's very appropriate to go to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, you know, you know everything that'll be the consequence of this decision. So lead us into the right decision based on the consequences that you desire for us. Man, that's a great prayer. That's a very appropriate prayer. And to add to that, the consequences that will allow us to bring honor and glory to God. Don't you think God will get excited about a prayer like that and will answer that prayer for you? So he leads us into all truth and uh, he helps me to understand truth. First um, Corinthians 2.14, but people who aren't spiritual cannot receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolishness to them. Doesn't that sound familiar with our world's, our country's society, you know, and what we read in the papers and what, I mean, the things of God sounds like foolishness to them. It all sounds foolish to them and they cannot understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Holy Spirit 
means. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. Jesus said when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit is going to glorify Jesus in your life. John 16, 14, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Wow. Wanting what the Holy Spirit wants. Hey, I got a gold star last night. Mary and I were eating dinner. Mary bought a camper because she wanted to. And um, I'm not a camping kind of guy. I'm a hotel kind of guy. A Hilton hotel kind of guy. I like my comfort. And, and so last night, I made a decision. You know what? I want to do what pleases my wife. And, uh, and so I said, hey, I made a big decision. She said, what's that? I want to start going camping with you. And her eyes lit up. And I'm sure she didn't sleep at all last night thinking about all the places she's going to drag, I mean, take me to. <laughs> and, uh, and she immediately said, hey, I, you know, I want us to go to this. I know you'll love it. I know you'll really enjoy it if we go there. I said, all right, let's go. And, and, and so here's the deal. Here's what happens. I'm not really wanting to, but I decided I want to do what pleases her. But then when I hear about her excitement and talking about it, it gets me excited that I want to do it. So when I go to the Holy Spirit and say, I really don't want to witness to that guy. I really don't want to do that, but I want to do what you want me to do. And then as the Holy Spirit releases his power in me and starts directing me, then I get excited about it. I said, oh, wow, this is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. I get to be a part of the Holy Spirit doing something in somebody's life that might change their life for eternity. But I had to make a decision first that I probably didn't really want to make. I decided I want to please my wife. Being a spirit-filled Christian, it's when you say, I want to please you, Holy Spirit. I want to do what you want to do in and through my life. Because I, I want to bring honor and I want to bring glory to you. So my challenge to you today is really simple. Simple question. Do you want to stay living in spiritual poverty? And never, never tap in to that gold mine like the oil field under your feet? Or do you want to tap into the power source that created everything that you see that's waiting to be unleashed in you so that your life will bring honor and glory in you? And here's the cool thing. He will do that with things that you actually enjoy. And some of those things, you don't know that you enjoy it yet. 
and he'll do it. Let me have the privilege of praying with you. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit. And the fact that he's sealed us and he's the guarantee for our eternal soul, that just gives me a peace and a comfort. Lord, like some faiths that believe that uh, their God, whether they get to go to paradise or not, is dependent on what kind of mood their God is in. But you're not that way. You're a God of truth and love. And you've promised that if we say yes to Jesus, you put in us your spirit that guarantees our salvation, but also gives us that unlimited source of power to face the most difficult things in our lives. We, we have no idea how we would ever get through it. Some of you have already been in those places. And in that moment, you thought, this is going to be the end of me. There's no way I'm going to get through this. And guess what? You did. That was the Holy Spirit giving you power even when you weren't aware. Sometimes his power is just enough to take another step. To get through another day. And that's all you need. Jesus, give me what I need to take this one more step. To get through this next day. Because I know you love me. You haven't abandoned me. You want the very best for me. You paid the ultimate price for me. Let my life bring honor and glory to you. Thank you, Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.